This episode of Industry Focus is supported by NetSuite, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Download their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, today at netsuite.com slash full. Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every single day. It's Wednesday, August the 7th, and we're talking about respiratory diseases. That's right. More specifically, we've identified three medical device stocks that help treat breathing disorders. I'm your host, Shannon Jones, and I'm joined via Skype by Fool.com's MedTech and med device guru, Brian Feroldi. Brian, how's it going? Hey Shannon, it's quite warm up here in uh, in Rhode Island, so I'm uh, I'm I'm sweating quite a bit. Uh, how about how are things going out by you? You know, if it's warm in Rhode Island, that means it is uh, steaming hot here in DC. I think uh, I think we're in the the 90s today, but I have to tell you, I just came back from California, where I don't think it ever got above the 80s. So coming back here with the humidity, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, California's lovely weather, so good for you that you got to go out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, but glad to be back, um, and really glad to, to be talking with you again. I love our chats. You're always uncovering those hidden gems in the industry, and specifically with the three stocks you've got now. I'm excited to talk about these in the respiratory disease market. Uh, let's kick things off for our listeners Really just giving them an overview of this particular market. Uh, what makes it such an interesting space to invest in, Brian? Yeah, so uh, respiratory diseases, uh, believe it or not, uh, are responsible for about one out of every six deaths that occur worldwide. So we're talking about a really, really big, big deal. And some of the uh, major diseases, uh, respiratory diseases that our listeners might be familiar with are uh, COPD, um, asthma, sleep apnea, pneumonia, respiratory failure, lung cancer, uh, etc. So these are really, really um, unfortunately popular um, uh, indications for people to get. And, and the other thing is that uh, this is this is actually a, a growing market. Uh, there's several reasons for that. Uh, most of them are, are human problems, uh, obesity, uh, lifestyle changes, um, smoking, uh, air pollution, just global ur- urbanization and aging. Uh, all of these are contributing to more and more respiratory diseases every year. So the market um, for uh, treatments for respiratory diseases is actually huge. I mean, in the U.S. alone, uh, the medical device market that treats respiratory diseases is about $24 billion, and that's growing at about 9% uh, each year. And the numbers just get even bigger when you zoom out to uh, include the rest of the world. So respiratory disease, big problem. Big problem, and these tend to be chronic diseases. So this is not just a one-and-done type of treatment, but these are these ongoing treatments that are required. And in this space, this is where we're seeing really a lot of innovation in chronic disease management, both from a treatment perspective, um, even from monitoring, in some cases, diagnostic and predictive disease management as well. And when you combine that with all the different drivers that you mentioned with like the aging baby boomer population, the obesity epidemic, and really just an overall increased increased awareness about these diseases and how to best manage them, you've got all the ingredients for a market that's not only large, but really just continues to, to grow massively. So with that, let's talk about the first company on your radar and that investors should be paying attention to, Brian, and that's a company called Inogen, and that's ticker symbol I-N-G-N. 
Um, Brian, for me, I love a good founder story. And I really love founders that start at an early age and are driven to solve a problem and not just make money. This company, currently with the market cap, I think just north of $1.3 billion, was actually inspired by a college student's grandmother named May. What can you tell us about Inigen and how they got their start? Yeah, really interesting uh, story here. So uh, as you mentioned, one of the co-founders had a grandma named May. And she had um, a respiratory disease, and her doctor prescribed her oxygen therapy to oxygen therapy to supplement her uh, her breathing disorder. So uh, most listeners are probably seen people that have to for- that are carrying around a heavy oxygen tank, and they have the tubes going up underneath their nose to provide the oxygen. Well, that's exactly what um, uh, the grandma was prescribed here, uh, and the grandma openly complained to uh, the the, co- the the founder of this business, her her granddaughter, that. It was really un. Uh, it was not convenient to to have this therapy at all. I mean, yes, it was the treatment was good, but carrying around this huge heavy device was bulky. Uh, it was expensive. It was inconvenient, and it really limited her mobility. So uh, the uh, the granddaughter took it on upon herself to um, uh, figure out a way to make oxygen therapy more uh, easier to use and 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 lower the cost at the same time. So what they developed was the world's first portable oxygen concentrator. So the idea was to actually create uh, concentrated oxygen by simply using the surrounding air. air. So this is a device that's um, battery powered and it's carried around and it's completely uh, wireless and it just pulls in the surrounding air um, and concentrates the oxygen that's in the existing air and then pumps it up to tubes uh, so that the, uh, the patient can get a higher concentration of oxygen. And it's a really innovative um, treatment option, and it's a very big convenience when compared to having to lug around the heavy oxygen tanks. Yeah, like May, uh, the grandmother that inspired uh, the start of Inogen, these patients are limited in their ability to leave their homes. Literally every trip out of the house has to be calculated and precisely planned just to make sure they don't run out of oxygen. So the more portable, the more convenient, the better. And so I love the technology. I love the founding story. But Brian, at the end of the day, do they actually make money? Yeah. So uh, Inogen uh, was founded uh, many, many years ago. And the, uh, the idea of portable oxygen concentrators has really caught on. So these guys now uh, sell both directly to patients as well as to uh, other companies. Um, they do rentals and they do direct sales. And this company has just been a rocket ship. So sales were about $10 million in 2009. That figure rocketed to uh, $410 million uh, for, for this year. That's, the, that's their estimate for, for this year. So that's 44% compound annual growth rate. And, and they're now big enough that they are profitable, they're producing free cash flow, and they have about a uh, 10% operating margin. So the, the financials here are actually very, very good. And this is a company that checks a lot of the boxes that I like to see as an investor. You mentioned um, they are a company that's just been exploding in terms of sales. They also have plenty of cash on the books, uh, no debt. You mentioned that they're free cash flow positive. They're profitable, and they still have founders that are still there and an experienced CEO at the helm. So for me, those are the things I love to see. But for a company like this, it doesn't mean there aren't speed bumps along the way. Sounds like the future is bright, but um, they have been, I guess, pivoting their business model recently, too. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, 
when, and when I say that this was a, a red hot stock, I mean red hot. This company came public at $15 a share in about uh, 2014. And last September, uh, they were trading at $280. So just enormous growth. Uh, but more recently, they've really, their, their business has experienced, uh, I think it's fair to say, a, a speed bump. Uh, their growth has really um, slowed down. Um, and management said that basically um, the reimbursement environment is, is, is changing. Uh, competition is also uh, picked up. And their, their sales hires that they have have not have been as effective as their previous sales hires. Uh, so because of that, their growth rate has really, has really slowed down. More recently, they, they, they guided down for the full year. And their stock has dropped basically from 280 less than a year ago to about 60 um, today, so it's been a it's been a pretty gut wrenching stock to hold for the last couple of months. Um, but a lot of the attributes that we still like about this company um, are still in place. Uh, like you mentioned before, debt free balance sheet. Uh, they are still growing. They are still profitable, just not nearly as a uh, as fast as they were previously. And I like that they have an expanding product portfolio. It's not just a a one and done. Um, one-hit wonder. They've got, of course, their flagship product, the 1G4. Uh, it actually recently received reimbursement coverage in France. They've got Inogen at Home. This is for patients who need oxygen therapy during sleep. And it's this patient group that's actually estimated to represent more than about 30% of the total oxygen patient base in the U.S., just in the first quarter of this year, they launched the Inogen 1G5 in their direct-to-consumer channel. Um, and that's rolling out domestically in the business-to-business channel, then to international business-to-business channel by the end of the year. And for me, on the business side, it sounds like they're shifting from toward more of a rental revenue model, which basically gives them some reoccurring revenue, even though you're probably going to see some more short-term headwinds as they shift over here. But all in all, I think because the stock has gotten a little bit beat up, especially with that guidance change that you mentioned in May, this could be a company that, even though it's going to be a bumpy road, could actually be a good buying opportunity now, especially as things start to smooth out, hopefully in 2020, especially on their bottom line. Yeah, uh, this is a company that I've actually uh, admired from afar for a long time because their their valuation has just been so extreme that it's really hard to get for me to get uh, really excited about owning this stock. But uh, their, their, their huge drop that they've experienced um, over the last uh, nine or ten months, have actually pulled their valuation down to a much more palatable level. So this company is trading currently about thirty times um, forward uh, earning estimate, which is, I think, completely reasonable given the the opportunity and, and the quality of the business thus far. Uh, the estimate for for future profit growth has come down, but they're still estimating analysts are still estimating about fifteen percent uh, profit growth over the next five years. So those are fairly attractive numbers, and and as you said it could be a good time to buy the stock given that its valuation has been so compressed. All right. On the other side of the break, Brian's got two more respiratory device stocks. And uh, Brian will share which of these three stocks today is his top pick. But first, a quick word from our friends at NetSuite. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing their numbers is their patchwork quilt of business systems. You've got one system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory, and so on. It's just a big, inefficient mess, taking up too much time and too many resources. And that ultimately hurts the bottom line. 
Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software literally handles every aspect of your business in one easy-to-use cloud platform. Why this matters? NetSuite gives you the visibility and control you need to grow. With NetSuite, you save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, accounting, orders, and HR instantly, and all right from your desktop or phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash full. Again, that's netsuite.com slash full to download your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits, netsuite.com slash full. All right, we're back. And uh, next up, we have ResMed. That ticker symbol is RMD. Uh, Brian, this company is pretty interesting, too. It's a device maker, but it's also a software company leading the way in digital healthcare management, even competes with Inogen in some respects. What can you tell us about what ResMed does? Sure. So uh, ResMed has been around for uh, several decades now. And uh, their claim to fame is that they were the pioneers. Uh, they were the first to develop uh, and launch a continuous positive airway pressure machine, which uh, or CPAP for short. And that is a device that uh, I'm sure many of our familiar, uh, listeners are familiar with, uh, which is used to treat obstructive sleep apnea. So sleep apnea is when your mouth uh, closes uh, during uh, while you are asleep and you literally uh, stop breathing. So a CPAP machine is a, is a mask that you put directly over your, your mouth, and it creates a positive, continuous positive airway pressure that's forced down your, your throat, and that keeps your, um, your, your lungs open all night long, so that way you never uh, interrupt your, your sleep or anything like that. So these, so uh, ResMed sells um, mat, the, the, uh, the machines themselves, as well as a whole host of accessories that goes with them, so masks. Uh, tubes, uh, cleaning devices, um, and they also uh, recently are getting into the uh, portable oxygen concentrator uh, games, as you mentioned, to uh, compete with Inogen. Um, so that is the bulk of their business. Those two are about uh, 90% of their sales. But over the last year, they've made some investments in the healthcare software market. So they've made uh, so they've bought out several different cloud-based providers, and they're now getting into the game. So they want to uh, create software that helps people to diagnose, uh, manage, and treat uh, respiratory diseases like COPD and sleep apnea. So they uh, they offer these software tools that can actually be downloaded at home that patients can use to that that listens constantly to actually detect whether or not people have uh, sleep apnea. And that is a great use of their capital because. The sleep apnea market is enormous. I mean, almost a billion people worldwide have sleep apnea. The problem is about 80% of them don't even know that they have it. So by use, creating these tools that help to diagnose sleep apnea, they are, in a sense, building demand for their future products. And ResMed has this razor and blades model. So it's not just the devices, but it's also the tubing and everything that comes with it, which I like about their business model. Um, and thanks now to the software side that they've been investing in and growing, as you mentioned, Brian, now they're also seeing um, expanded margins moving forward. What holistically, how are we looking at financials right now for ResMed? Yeah, as I said, this, is, this company has been around for 
many years, and they they're they're a much more a mature company than than Innogen is. So they're they're growing their their top line at a a high single digit, low double digit rate. Uh, they're steadily improving their margins by shifting over to a more of a software a platform. But they have been profitable and free cash flow for. For, for many, many years. In fact, they're actually a, uh, a dividend payer, and they've been paying a growing dividend uh, for many years. So th this is definitely not a high-growth business by, by any means, but they do have a model in place that allows them to very consistently pump out steady uh, top-line growth and then use uh, stock buybacks as well as margin enhancements enhancements to uh, to grow the bottom line at a slightly faster rate and given the enormous potential for these guys as as um, sleep apnea becomes more and more diagnosed they just have a really solid steady eddy business that can just consistently grow at a uh, high single digit low double digit rate for many many years to come uh, you talked about uh, how CPAPs work I think one of the bigger issues, and we probably all know someone who uses a CPAP machine, comes down to compliance. Because you have to wear this big, bulky mask, not exactly the sexiest object when you get in bed. But with that being said, um, compliance has been a, a huge issue. It's not just unattractive, but it's bulky and extremely uncomfortable. Um, I've got an aunt that uses one. When you look out at the competitive landscape, there are other competitors, one of which we'll get to in a second, that are coming out with technology that's designed to be much less invasive, much less bulkier, and really a seamless experience. How do you see ResMed positioning itself for the future, especially with competition on its heels that are, are coming up with devices that are just simpler? Yeah, so uh, ResMed... Uh well, there's a couple uh, answers there. I would say the first is these guys are the leader in their industry. They've been, they are the pioneers. They were the original uh, developers of the CPAP machine. So they have decades of experience designing these. And they are constantly rolling out uh, new masks, new tubes, new devices that are smaller, that are quieter, that are more comfortable to wear, that fit a wide variety of faces, uh, face sizes and shapes. So they are doing everything they can to make their devices as easy and as comfortable to use. Because as you mentioned, Compliance is a big issue here. Uh, in fact, one of the companies that we're going to talk about next is taking advantage of that uh, big compliance issue. But for the people that choose to use uh, CPAP machines, I do think that ResMed has a defensible uh, uh, position in that they are they, they regularly spend heavily on R and D to make sure that their their devices are the quietest, the uh, the safest, and the easiest to use, as well as the most comfortable. All right. So finally, we've got Inspire Medical as the third stock, and that's ticker symbol INSP. Talked a bit about competition for ResMed. This company is just truly innovative uh, with their implantable device that not only takes away the bulk associated with sleep apnea, but also monitors and controls the breathing for a patient. Uh, Brian, what else can you tell us about Inspire Medical? Yeah, so um, when a patient with sleep apnea tries a CPAP machine and uh, goes off it for uh, whatever reason, uh, mass discomfort or nasal congestion or, uh, or any other issues, um, they really historically have had uh, no other options, basically. It's basically a CPAP or, or that's it. Uh, but along comes this company called Expire, Inspire Medical, which was actually spun off of Medtronic uh, several years ago. So what these guys have done is they have they sell an implantable neurostimulator that is inserted directly into the body with a uh, minimally invasive surgical procedure, and 
their device actually connects directly to the hypoglossal nerve, which controls the movement of the tongue and the other airway muscles. And the device actually constantly monitors a patient's um, airway while they are asleep. And whenever a blockage is detected, it emits a tiny little electrical stimulation to the nerve, which automatically opens up the, the tongue without the patient having to do anything. So this is actually a, medical, uh, a surgically implanted medical device that basically allows the patient's airway to stay open all night long without having to wear a uh, CPAP machine. So very cool technology. Very cool technology. Uh, Todd Campbell and I had a chance to talk about this company um, maybe a few months ago. He said he actually had to use a CPAP machine. He was considering um, Inspire's technology. On the surface, it would seem that an implantable device, uh, while more convenient and less apt for compliance issues, would be limited to just a smaller subset of patients because there's this minimally invasive surgery involved, which, you know, many people will tend to put off if they don't have to. So in some ways, I could see this being a potentially less lucrative opportunity than CPAP machines. But Brian, when I look at their top lines and even their margins, I'm just blown away by their performance, especially since they've only been FDA approved since 2014. Yeah, so over the uh, between 2016 and 2018, uh, their top line grew at a 75% compound annual growth rate. And for this year, they're, they're, they're estimated to grow at least 30%, 36% to about $70 million. And uh, what you mentioned before, one thing that's very impressive is even at their low relative sales volume, this company is already producing a gross margin on their device above 80%. So that is very exciting when you have both a high gross margin and a high sales growth weight. That can just lead to eventually magic uh, on the bottom line. Uh, but the company is not quite crossed into profitability uh, just yet. Uh, last year, they lost about $22 million from operations. Uh, but they do have a, a really good balance sheet. They have $176 million in cash. Uh, as of the most recent quarter, and only about $25 million in debt. So that is plenty of liquidity to continue funding losses as they go forward. But I think the odds are good that these guys could reach profitability relatively soon, given their extremely high growth rate and their and their gross margin. And uh, as you mentioned before, one of the questions that I had when I first learned about this company was, how big is their market size? Because to qualify for this device, you had to have tried a CPAP machine and failed on it. Well, it turns out that about 35% to 65% of patients who try a CPAP machine uh, end up abandoning the therapy. So that translates into about 500,000 patients in the U.S. that could qualify for Inspire's device every single year. And from a revenue perspective, that translates into about a $10 billion opportunity in the U.S. alone. So the opportunity here is huge. It's huge. And they're also looking to expand um, their approvals. So they're working right now to lower the age and also expanding internationally. What can you tell us about that, Brian? Yeah. So they already have approval in uh, Europe and uh, Japan uh, for their device, which is great to see getting that out of the way. But they're only currently available for sale in Germany because they're not going to go and open up new markets until reimbursement has been established. And this is definitely a brand new category of medical device uh, for treating uh, sleep apnea. So when that happens, there's no kind of uh, pathway to for them to follow to gain reimbursement. So that does take time. But uh, as those reimbursements come online, they're definitely going to have 
uh, the opportunity to open up uh, new market opportunities. But as I mentioned before, just their opportunity in the U.S. alone is $10 billion, $10 billion versus $71 million in revenue expected for this year. So they're not even close to scratching their surface of their other opportunity in the U.S., let alone when you add on the international stuff. So they can really go slow and take their time with international expansion because their opportunity in the U.S. is just so big. Exactly what I like to see, just massive opportunities, both domestically and internationally. Brian, for you, we've talked about three stocks. Which of the three would you say is your top pick right now? Well, I think I, I do think that there's reasons to actually like all of these uh, companies. They all kind of have their their markets that are that are their niches. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, the respiratory market is huge, and this is a growing problem. So there's by no means this is by no means a winner take all or one kind of winner. I think this is a market that can support multiple winners. Uh, but if I had if I had to choose between these three, uh, my favorite would definitely be Inspire. Um, they are definitely growing the fastest. I like that their margins are already very high, and I think that they just have the most upside potential. I think it's the riskiest of the three since they're not yet produ- producing profits. Uh, but for me, the growth investor in me believes that it's the best choice. How about you? Yeah, I like Inspire too, but you know, ResMed I also like. I like the fact that it is a steady eddy business. Another thing I like about them, especially in the healthcare space, is that we're just becoming so much more connected in terms of the digital health age. And so when I see their software business and the investments that they've been making on the software side, it's not just about the device, but it's about the analytics, the AI, and the trend just toward more comprehensive monitoring and diagnostic tools. The more that we can close that loop of not just treating, but being able to predict and monitor and really take out the element of patient-initiated um, treatment, which of course leads to compliance issues, and even being able to loop the physician in remotely. Um, I get really excited about that. I could see their software being applied to multiple therapeutic indications even beyond this. So I like Inspire um, for all the reasons that you just mentioned, but I also like ResMed. I like that razor and blade business model, and I like where they're going with software. Yeah, I think I think they're both uh, great companies, and even Inogen, it, it's it's kind of a turnaround player right now. But I, I definitely think there's room for uh, all three of these stocks in an investor's portfolio. Totally agree. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining, uh, and hopefully we'll have you back on the soon on the show very soon because we want to continue to pick your brain as always. And for our listeners out there, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. That'll do it for this episode of Industry Focus. As always, people on the program may have interest in the companies discussed on the show, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. This show is being mixed by Austin Morgan. For Brian Feroldi, I'm Shannon Jones. Thanks for listening and full on. Full on.